This is Laurie from Hike, where we explore, wander, and live. In today's episode, you get a chance to meet Jim Tabor. In some circles, he's better known as Spoonman and Barefoot Carver. That might give you a little bit of a hint of who he is. Actually, he's also known as a trail angel. For the last several years, he's been carving wooden spoons and leaving them along the Appalachian Trail in Pennsylvania, brightening hikers' day with a little bit of trail magic. In listening to Jim, I think you'll be inspired to do your own magic out on the trail. Whether you're sitting at a desk job and it's a rainy day and you're wishing you're out on the trail or whether you're actually out there, maybe you'll be inspired to also leave a little bit of magic because we all could use magic in our lives. So please go ahead and take a listen to my conversation with Jim and learn about how he's leaving magic one spoon at a time. So I'm here with Jim Tabor, and in the hiking community, he's better known as Barefoot Carver and Spoon Man, so that'll give you a little bit of a hint of who he is. So Jim carves wooden spoons and actually leaves them on the trail, and I think it's it's pretty magical, um, the story behind it. So thank you for coming, Jim. Thanks for, for being on my show today. I want to thank you for having me. Well, you're welcome. So tell me a little bit about, I guess, how long have you been carving spoons? Um, I, I think it's been maybe eight years now since I started uh, carving the spoons. And how how did you even get started? So, you know, what made you want to carve spoons? Well, it, my brother got me started. He um, had watched some videos on YouTube about this guy called the Carver from Nowhere, and he was making spoons. So my brother asked if um, he could visit, and we would cut some wood, and and I could help him get the things that he needed to make spoons. So um, we did that, and I just started carving spoons with him. And so he dragged you into it. And how long were you doing that together? Um, probably couple, maybe a year, two years. He would come up to visit, and we would get I'd get the wood together for him, and we'd, we'd uh, carve a few spoons together. And then what gave you the idea to actually put one out on the trail? Well, I'd, I'd been making... Um, spoons for my friends and family and I kind of I had these extra spoons and I, I made this little spoon I called a neck spoon and it was based on the idea of a neck knife they had in the bushcraft community they wear this little knife around their neck and I thought it would be cool to have a, a little spoon that you could wear around your neck so I came up with a, a shape and design that I really liked for that and so I, I I started to accumulate extra spoons that nobody wanted. So one day I thought, well, I'll just put one out on the trail and see what happens. I figured, you know, everybody needs to eat. So maybe the hikers would enjoy um, a hand-carved spoon. So uh, one Saturday afternoon, I went up to the trail, found a place, put a spoon out, put a little note with it that said, 
if you find this spoon, could you at least tell me about your, your adventure for that day? And I've told this story before. I never, I never heard from that spoon again. So that's kind of how it got started. And as I had these extra spoons, I'd go out and uh, hang them. When I first started, I'd just kind of hang them in a tree. They had a little leather strap on them, and mm -hmm. I'd hang them on a limb alongside the trail. That's what I'd do with them. And so you started putting them out there, and then you would leave a little note, you know, asking <clears> to, <throat> to reach you. So when did, when did you first get someone contacting you or letting you know that, hey, you know, someone, someone did pick up that spoon? Uh, at, at one time, I had a pretty big following on Facebook, and I, I you know, I was posting the spoons and stuff on Facebook. And um, a lady contacted me through Facebook and said that her son had found a spoon, and it was early in the season. It, it was probably March or so, and uh, he was so excited that he had found this spoon. And I mean, I was touched by by the the comment that the mother made it had made his day him and his dad were hiking and and he he found a spoon and he was so excited about finding it so when you put them out there it's not that you're you're not really looking you know for anything you're doing this you know i guess for you know the listeners a hiking term out there especially on the you know the appalachian trail is trail magic when someone does something nice for a hiker and uh, basically, you know, makes their day, whether it's, at, you know, what point did you, you know, really start thinking, wow, you know, this is, this is something I like doing. I like, you know, I'm going to keep leaving these. Well, I, I just kept, I just kept leaving them. And it was, it was probably another year or so before uh, a few of the hikers had reached out to me that they had found one of the spoons and um so then and i was just doing it i didn't 90 percent of the people that's that's that still find the spoons i don't have a clue who they are mm -hmm. and a lot of the hikers that find the spoons um don't even know who's put them out they might run into somebody up the trail you know 100 miles and they say hey i see you found the spoon <laughs> so um but uh, I, I was just doing it. I was just making these spoons and I was putting them out and I would come back and check in a few days and they would be gone. So I'd leave another one. So um, it was just, I just enjoyed doing it. And, but eventually people started reaching out to me through my Instagram account that, you know, or uh, my, I had a little blog on, um, on the internet and they'd reach out to me and say that they found a spoon and, and and it kind of it it became where people started to actually look for the spoons so um and and most people didn't know who was doing it because i i would hide my face in photos and stuff so i, I would meet people and they wouldn't even they wouldn't even realize no, who that, i was you but know? that was you they were, yeah they were just they would ask me sometimes you know the guy that you know the guy in the area that does the spoons and i would say I haven't met him yet. <laughs> do you think? Uh, do you think you can still that, get away you know, with that? I just kept doing it. <laughs> do you think that you can um, still get away with that, or you think some people are are recognizing you now? Well, I think maybe like seventy five percent of the time, you know, people still don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. But 
Um, but then, you know, people started saying, hey, can can we meet up? Can you make me a spoon? You know, so I would go out to the shelter or I would kind of figure out where somebody was on the trail and I kind of walk, you know, if they were going north, I'd go south and kind of run into them and, you know, give them a spoon and we would chat for a little bit, walk together for a little bit. So I, I did that over the years. And I think as you've been making spoons and you said, you know, people have been reaching out, people are asking, you know, for spoons or, or really, you know, like what you're doing. Are there any ones that stand out in your mind of special spoons that you've carved? Well, um, the one, the one I made Cole Littlefeet's dad, he, um, I met Cole Littlefeet when she was doing a section hike and I met her when I went up to clean the shelter. She was there and we, we became friends and we emailed back and forth and stuff. And then she let me know that her, that her dad had uh pancreatic cancer and he was, he was doing the chemo and the radiation. And when he ate something, he had this metallic taste in his mouth and the doctor had recommended that maybe he could eat with a wooden spoon. So she contacted me and within a week or so I made her a spoon and mailed it out for her dad so that he could, so he could eat. And I think that was probably, I think making that spoon for him and giving it to him um, was one of the, um, that touched me the most, you know, the other, a lot of the other people that I met were just hikers and they Mm -hmm. wanted the spoon and, you know, and, uh, but, I think that was one of the occasions that, that that always I'll probably always remember that doing that for her. And I'm sure she's always going to remember that as well, because um, that's a pretty special yeah. thing. And and I know you know it's tough when a parent is ill and and going through that. I know um, that was probably very special for her too, and for her father. Yeah. Yeah. I know when we we chatted a while back and you had talked about that you made a spoon that you called dad's spoon. Can yeah. you tell me a little bit about that spoon? And Well, it, it wasn't, it wasn't really anything special as far as spoons go, but my dad had a disease called cortico basal syndrome, which uh, destroys your, the, the cells in your frontal lobe and your, which it's your speech and your memory and all that gets destroyed. Well, the color for, Corticobasal syndrome was red, so they also refer to it as FTD. And so I made a, a red spoon, nothing special, painted the handle red and put Dad's name on it. And then I put a little strap and I put his name, Buddy, mm-hmm. on the strap. And I took this spoon with me everywhere I went. I went on vacation. It was with me. It was in my pocket when I went to church. Just I just took it everywhere. And then one day I was out on the trail and I met an older gentleman from Asheville and I, I can't remember his name. I I think it was something like walking man or something like that, but he made these beautiful walking sticks. And I asked him if he would take dad spoon with him to Katahdin. And so I, or if, if he wasn't able to go all the way, maybe he could hand dad spoon off to, to somebody else and it, it can you know go on an adventure yeah so i don't i don't know 
I don't know where Dad's spoon is right now. It might it's be at there. his house or somewhere, <laughs> or somebody else backpack going for a trip. So, um, but I, I guess I would like I to think. I had that spoon maybe for. I was going to say, I would just like to think that it's been on more adventures, wherever it is. I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah. It, it went with me a lot of places to the beach and, you know, to Florida and, and different places. I kept it with me all the time, but um, I just wanted it to go on its way. It's funny because I, I make a spoon and I say, this is going to be my spoon now. This one I'm going to use. And I don't keep it very long till somebody ask me for it you know i'll meet somebody and they'll say um and i'll if they recognize me they'll say oh here's a spoon man <clears throat> and the only spoon i'll have with me is the spoon that i made for myself and then i'll give that one to them so uh, there's been a lot of spoons that i've made for myself that i've given away but the the dad spoon i kept the longest you know until yeah. I, I passed it on for somebody else so you leave spoons, you know, out on the trail, like you said. How often do you do you leave them? Is it maybe once a week, or you know, a couple times a week, or is it just during the through hike season? Um, I usually start leaving them sometime in March, maybe towards the end of March when the weather's, you know, when more people are starting to be out. So it's not necessarily through hikers that 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 always find the spoon. But then through the the time of the year when a lot of the through hikers are coming through Pennsylvania, I try to leave, you know, one a day or one every other day there for about a month. So I'll end up leaving, you know, maybe 25, 30 spoons through the month of June because I know that's the time when um, if they leave uh, Georgia in March, they're going to show up in around Pennsylvania June. in the month of June. So I try to leave uh, a good many through that period, through through those weeks in June and early July. But but then I keep leaving them, you know, I, I keep leaving them after that because there's always people coming and going, you know. And, and then in uh, September and October, your southbounders start to come through, you know, and I'm still out leaving leaving spoons and you usually it's probably november late november that i end up leaving the last couple for the year kind of starts in march and goes through november and then i try to then i try to make some and get ahead you know, for the next year <laughs> so you have a little yeah. bit of time in your uh, workshop yeah to get some yeah. ready there's sometimes people come that, that are coming through that that um you know, I'm going to meet and mm -hmm. I'll make spoons and take out to them, you know, whatever time they're coming through. So tell me a little bit about just your experience of um, of being out on the trail and in the woods. Have you always been someone who loved being out in nature? Um, yes, I just I don't know. I just I just love to go out. And since I was a little kid, me and my brother would run you know, be out in the woods barefoot all summer long, you know, till school started and um, hunt and fish and all those things in camp. But so, and my dad was big into that. He liked to go out in the woods and hunt mushrooms and, you know, hunt and fish and, you know, cut firewood. So we were always out in the woods as a kid. And, 
um we just we just lived you know 10 minutes from the trail most of our life so we'd go to the trail whenever we could just just for walks and just always enjoyed being out in the woods you know and you mentioned how you were doing some things with the shelter. So is there um, like a home shelter that you've kind of adopted or for a time that you would do some work on and volunteer? Yeah, I was a, um, a, like a co-overseer, I guess the term would be. I wasn't the the overseer, but I was the, the guy, like like the, the co-overseer for the Rocky Mountain shelter for, for four years. And I'd go up and... Um, you know, clean the shelter and um, make repairs, clean the fire pits out. I got money to put in um, picnic tables and bear box and things like that. And, and then cut trees off the trail and pick up trash. And I still do some of that. I, I still go up to the shelter and pick up trash, but I'm, I'm not a member of the, the club anymore because it's, it's close to my house and uh, the overseer, he doesn't live that close, so he can't get up there as often. So even though I'm not a member anymore, I still go, you know, and and, and do some of those things on a regular basis. Well, I think if it's something that's just part of you, if, if you know, loving the land and taking care of the land, it's probably hard to, to really stop it. I mean, you know, if there's trash out on the trail and, and things, you, you know, you want to pick it up, want to take care of it. So I understand that. Yeah. So I did, um, there's a couple things that I had, that I'd heard. And so I want to ask you about them. One is that there's, there's a legend that says <laughs> if someone, if you know, you carve the spoon and if you leave it out and as a hiker, if you find it, that there's a, a legend that they'll end up, you know, completing their through hike and make it to Katahdin. So have you heard about that one? Uh, yeah, I've heard that. I heard that. Um, um, somebody reached out to me maybe two years ago and he said, he said, Jim, you know, there's a legend. Uh, well, I didn't know that. And they said, if you, if, if a hiker finds your spoon in Pennsylvania, they're guaranteed to finish their through hike. So, I mean, and, and I have people every once in a while and, and I just kind of brush it off. They, they're talking about the legend. <laughs> it's, I don't think there's anything magical about the spoon. It's just something to eat with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I have heard that. I have heard that. I think it gives people uh, it gives people inspiration and hope. And I think that's probably part of what what the legend is about is just, you know, trying to find something to get them through. You know, as a as someone who's spending, what, five, six months on the trail, it it's not probably an easy task to stay focused every day and, and keep on going. So. I, th- I think you're doing your part. And sometimes the hikers say it's just the little things. Mm-hmm. It's the little things that keep them going to the next, you know, the next spot. I mean, it could be, it could be the spoon. It could be somebody leaving some beer or it could be some oranges or apples. Just, it's just, it's just those little things that, you know, give them that kind of like boost of energy to keep going. And then the other thing that I had heard about was that you had, carved an extra long spoon so can you tell me a little bit about carving a, a large spoon yeah I, I uh, miss janet had asked me to make her she she said she called it a paddle <laughs> and she wanted it for for the um for the bounce box or van that she 
picks people up. So I made her one. It was, I would say it was at least two feet long. And she sent me some pictures of her um, holding her spoon. <laughs> and then uh, sometimes it'll be with somebody else that has one of my spoons. So it, it was pretty neat. So I, I guess it's still in her van. <laughs> I, I haven't ever heard any hikers talk about it yet, but um, I did make her one for, she wanted it as a paddle. So for listeners who may not know who Miss Janet is, she's a, a pretty famous trail angel who shuttles hikers right during the, the season, um, through the summer season, back yes. and forth. <clears throat> mm-hmm. She lives in Tennessee, and uh, as when when the hikers start, she kind of follows them up the trail, and she she offers uh, rides and and stuff like that for the hikers as they. And every summer she does it. She takes them all north, all the way to Maine, you know, and, and kind of works that that um, circuit as she goes up there. And I think ninety percent of the hikers know who she is. Or, you know, whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, she's one of the most famous ones. So you're also been making some spoons that I read about that you posted on Instagram that you're going to be part of an upcoming exhibition at the Peabody Essex Museum. So how did yeah. you get involved with that um, exhibit? Um, let me see. His name was Norman Stevens. His, um, and he, he had something to do with the library at the college and he started collecting spoons over the years. And unfortunately he passed away, um, like a year ago, but his son had reached out to me and asked if I would make, because they were, they were short a few spoons. So they asked me to make a spoon for them. And the son told me that in 1977, his father said that you should probably hike the Appalachian Trail with some of the students from, I think it was Boston College. So anyway, that was the connection between the son and myself was the Appalachian Trail. And someone had either read or heard one of the little stories about me on the internet and that's how he came about to contact me. So I made him a spoon and and sent it to him. And it's supposed to be a permanent display of 400 spoons. So, I mean, I got the privilege of being, you know, one of the 400 spoons. So I thought that was a privilege. I thought that was pretty cool from to be included in that. Yeah. So uh, which one or ones did you send? Um, there was there was a specific size. The spoon had to be a nine inch spoon. So I made um I made a nine inch spoon and and what I did is I included the colors for my dad. I put red on it for for him and I put purple on it for uh, Cold Little Feet's dad. And then on the back of the spoon I. I did a connection for the Appalachian Trail, and I have this little thing I call Trees and Trail, and I and I drew the trees and trail on the back of the spoon and put a little AT symbol on there. So I tried to in, incorporate some of the things that were close to my heart with this spoon, and then on the front I just wrote spoon, mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody got kind of got a kick out of that in case they 
thought maybe it was a fort. I, I wanted him to think that this guy maybe, you know, had a sense of humor that made the spoon. So I'm not sure if they'll display the front or the back um, of the spoon. In the, in, but either side will be fine. That's very cool, though. Congratulations. That's quite an honor. Well, thank you very much. So when do you know when the display starts or um, is there any information? Um, that you know, else? I got the impression that they're doing some they're finishing up some construction at the Peabody. And once that's complete, then this display will, you know, there'll be some new displays and this will be one of them. So I'm, I, I'm not sure Mr. Stevens said he would email me back when the, you know, when the, um, the display i think it's something like the gathering of spoons or something's what the display will be called but i'm not positive on all those details well i'm gonna have to keep an eye out for that and and see what i find out because i i think it's very interesting uh, the whole concept and of course um, having your spoon in there that's pretty pretty cool like i said what's your next plan i guess for uh Anything else for the rest of this year? You just, you know, you're going to be carving more spoons, but any other special projects or hikes or adventures that you're going to go on? Um, we really don't have anything planned. We're going to go back down to Florida, and I'll probably do a little bit of the Florida Trail. And I'm debating right now, maybe I'll go down to Trail Days. I've I've been talking about it for the last three or four years. I might I might go down to Trail Trail Days this year. I'd, I really like to go and, and see the bonfire, Miss um, Janet, and put on a big bonfire. And I kind of like to go down and spend a couple of days and see that. And then when you're there, you can go to the Graceland Highlands. It's real close to there and do a little hike with the with the wild ponies or something. So I, I kind of like to do that this year. So we'll just see how things go. I do hope you you do get down there. Um, I I think it's I've never been, but definitely something I'm also interested in going and and uh, being part of that whole event. And it sounds like it's pretty exciting, especially uh, for you who gets to you know leave the spoons out for so many of the hikers will get one. But I think it's great to connect. Yeah. I just can't, it's like I can't wait for the weather to get nice so I can get back out, you know, and and walk and put my spoons out and, you know, meet some people. I just, it's like I'm just, I'm just, what do they say, chomping at the bit to go again this year to get out, you know. Yeah. We've had a couple of nice days this week and I was out a little bit, but I haven't left anything yet this year. Speaking of spoons, um, do you, do you know how many? since 2011 when you first started leaving them out do you do you know how many you've actually left on the trail yeah i know i i know to the number 253 253 i bet those spoons have had a lot of different adventures if only they could talk yeah (laughs) yeah you know that that was a, that that's the figure the ones I put out on the trail that doesn't include like the ones that that um I gave to friends and other people that I've met and took down to the ATC and stuff like that that's just the ones that I've actually placed on the trail or gave to a hiker on the trail there's probably a hundred more that, that I've that I haven't included in that list, but that's just the ones that, that I actually 
you know, placed on the trail or gave to a hiker. So out of the um, ones that you've left, do you still put in there um, a note for them to let you know if they got it or do, do you leave notes anymore? I kind of changed the way I leave them. Um, I used to just kind of hang them in a tree, you know, just a spoon hanging in a tree. And then I got to thinking that somebody would think that, that, you know, it's used or somebody lost it or something like that and they wouldn't take it. So I, I did change that a little bit. I, I had some business cards and I'd write on the back of the business card, uh, I hope you enjoy the spoon in my name. Mm-hmm. And I would like scratch out the website. So it had it had my information on it, and I would put it in a sandwich bag, and sometimes I'd put a Snickers bar in there or whatever else in there, and I'd leave that, and it, and it kind of made me feel like the people would think, well, some somebody's leaving this for me to find, other than it being a, a used spoon. But I did leave some last year, like on a log or rock. It was just it was just the spoon without the without a note so okay I, yeah I still leave them with with or without, without. A note. Mm-hmm. and you talked about that sometimes hikers are reaching out to you and you know asking saying you know hey I'll be in this area do you think you could uh, leave me a spoon or or you've you know specifically tried to leave them do you does that always work out um it has in the past, and, and this was, a, no, 2018 was the first time that I left spoons out and somebody actually stole them. I would I would, would just take a piece of printer paper and I'd put the spoon in there and I'd kind of staple the end shut and I'd write for hiker, through hiker, and I'd put their name and then I'd say, well, I'm going to leave it between this road and that road. And 99, you know, or I'd leave it in the mailbox at, at the state line or something like that. And all the time they would find them. There's no problem. Now this year was the first time that somebody actually stole spoons that I'd left out for a hiker. So that, that was, I was like, how am I going to deal with this from now on? So, but uh, it worked out. It worked out. The hiker's name was Bubbles. And her partner was Highlight, and I left two spoons for them. And you can, I read the story that she posted, and she was having this terrible day, and she got to where I told her the spoons were, and they were gone. And she said she just sat down in the middle of the trail and broke down into tears. That she was so disappointed. But there was a there was a guy. His name was also Jim that lived down near Harpers Ferry, and he seen the stories that I'd put on Instagram and the story that Bubbles had put on Instagram. So he came out to the ATC there in Harpers Ferry and brought her a spoon that I had made for him. And along with the spoon, he brought enough Chick Fil A to feed like five or six hikers. So anyway, it worked out for for bubbles and the uh, highlight didn't get a spoon but it, anyway it worked out and uh, I just couldn't believe that you know that um somebody would do that you know because I, I hadn't given this guy a spoon I'd sold it to him and he was willing to bring it out and, and give it to bubbles so it was really nice it was a really nice gesture on his part and 
um, the next time I'm down to Harper's Ferry, I'm going to bring, you know, bring him a new spoon, you know, down to him. Well, I, yeah, I think that's a great story. And it just shows a, a bit about, you know, passing it forward, you know, paying it forward, the whole yeah. you know, trail magic philosophy of, you know, doing things to, to brighten up a hiker's day. And I think that that's unfortunate and that, you know, there are people out there that are going to do that, but I'm glad that Bubbles did get a spoon and hopefully maybe, you know, Highlight will get one eventually too. Yeah. I told her all she has to do is come up this way and I'll make sure she gets one. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for spending time with me today and sharing some stories about how you got started and the spoons that you've made and the adventures that, that they go on. And I'm sure if I, you know, ask around to other hikers, they'll have also a lot of stories about um, hearing about your spoons or finding a spoon um, out there in, in the community. It's, you know, it's February now, but pretty soon hikers are kind of going to get going. Um, actually, I think some yeah. have even started their um, northbound already. What would you, I guess, in closing, want to say to this this new batch of hikers that are that are coming through and will be in your in your neck of the woods come June? I I would say don't believe all the stories about the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> they always talk about the rocks being so bad in Pennsylvania. Oh, you mean rocks? Like <laughs> yeah, it's only like the last sixty miles, but some of that's pretty rough. I I went up there last year, and, and some of the trails like cobblestones up there, but but all the cobblestones are pointy. They're pointing straight up, so some of it's pretty rough. But the rest of the state is is pretty much a breeze so you know don't don't listen to everything you hear about the rocks and then after you hit the state line you know just look for a spoon <laughs> maybe they'll see me <laughs> <laughs> thank you again for spending some time with me today and i look forward to someday uh, being able to uh, meet you and maybe even finding a spoon myself that would be great i would enjoy meeting you Thanks for listening in to my conversation with Jim today. To learn more about Jim Tabor and the spoons he creates, visit my show notes and you'll find a link to some of his social media. And to connect with Hike, also visit the show notes where you can let me know what you think about this episode and what you would like to hear next. Until then, I'll see you on the trail.